I'll get sued. Now you fucking want it. It's the confusion and the weird way he reads it that makes it really funny. Even I was like, I haven't seen that in like forever. It's not good. Oh, we also have gotten you a part of your birthday present. Um, What's the the name of the old guy? Cop that. Leslie. Uh, Leslie. Yeah, do you remember him in that? He's a woman. (laughs) Okay. He finally. Little hand bone. What? Garbage person. Um. (laughs) Ladies and future boys, I welcome you. To the school for wayward nerds, the least effective education system in recent history. My name is Toad Apollo, and this week we are returning to Season 3 of The Venture Bros. Um, if you are here, you probably listened to last week. If you are new here, you must be, like, you must think the Orb episode's really important to you or something. I'm joined by producer Kaya. I am here. And as, as, as last week, the goal here is to sell Venture Bros to noobs and normies as a part of the Save Team Venture campaign. Today's group is Mr. Collar. They will never get renewed as long as poor Death Clock is in wait for new Metalocalypse. We're all out here not liking the way Adult Swim has changed. And we're also joined by Megan Chikatilo. What's something Adult Swim took away from you? It's everything. Um, no, you oh. like that show about the bomb cop. <laughs> Arsie McGee. <laughs> I don't think she'll say that. What? I like 12 ounce mouse. Well, I'll end you the DVD. 12 ounce mouse is good. I like skillet. You? Did I say, uh, am, I, am I here? Yeah, I yeah, probably said Yeah, you said it. it. Who yeah. cares? Oh. <laughs> that's not good. Don't put, a, my gay. don't put a cigarette in your butt, guys. I'm going to hey, kick your ass. No, with that leg. I like his voice. Alright, so let's get back into it. Uh, we are kicking off this week with Tears of a Sea Cow. Ha ha, kicking. <laughs> oh, Is no. that why he cry? He gets kicked? Have I already done the plot? See you guys, we're done. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, this so going well. as last last week started off with heavy information episodes that calmed down as we went along. This week is the opposite. Um, Venture Bros has a natural flow of a bunch of shit to get the season started, and then they just chill. And then they start to ramp up really hard. You just gotta be on the lookout. Mm. I think season one of um, Paradise PD did that, and in the last episode they started talking about the drug dealer they're trying to catch, and I forgot, and I binged it in one day. It's <laughs> a good show. Yeah. Um, so, starting off, we have The Monarch, uh, Dr. Mrs. The Monarch, um, and The Pupas, which are the Moppets dressed as cocoons. Yeah. They look like little peanuts with legs and arms and knives. They look like peanuts. They're little turds. Yeah, they're, oh. they're... Everyone else is fun, adventure, cartoon personalities, and they just want to, like, stab, and they sexually objectify women, and they're not very nice. Oh. <laughs> ah. Oh, jeez. So they're all laying siege to the laboratory of one Dr. Dugon. Ah. What do you think about that, man? He's got some little glasses. He looks very smart in his little scooter mobile. I wonder if he has a tail under that. He's he a could. I don't, uh, he's a he's a human dugon combination. 
But he's always got a little blanky on it in his wheelchair. Look, we so have, we have enough arguments about well, some Dragon Maid. We're not getting into We're not getting into tail physics anymore. Trainers do one. I've seen him. Um, yep, he's a... Dr. Euron is a goofy-looking man and marine biologist. We are reminded that um, Mrs. the Monarch and the Moppets are dangerously effective at their jobs. Um, we're also reminded how much the Monarch wants to be arching Dr. Venture, the show's uh, protagonist. Um, he's just not in the zone here, as we saw last week. He's been sort of, like, taken off the case because a lot of the show is built around the work politics of being villains. There, there is a lot of red tape to being somebody's arch nemesis. Yeah. Mm. So he's being, re- he's being reassigned other heroes, and he doesn't like it. He just wants to kill Venture. Yeah. That's his, that's his man. He's passionate. Yeah, he I- has more passion for killing Dr. Venture in his right glove than most superhero, most super villains have in their entire. I just want to kick his ass. Mm. I want to build a machine to kick his ass. I want to have an empire built to house the machine to kick his ass. Wow, <laughs> which is a quote he uses twice over this season and I think the season before. It's a good right. one. Right? Um, Alright, so he's not like completely uninterested. He's just not invested in Doctor Dugon and his secret. Cuttlefish studies. Yes. He's like, I don't give a shit. Do you remember the cuttlefish of Cthulhu? No. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, that's the penis of Odorous. Oh, well, I'm wrong, then. Remember I don't want to pet it. Born in the gladiatorial arena. Yes, I do remember that. Good um, ah. Yep, so, yeah, he's, he's not into it. Dr. Mrs. the Monarch, his lovely wife. With her iconic voice. That's her voice. <laughs> I mean, it's about as appealing. Um, she tells um, Monarch to just pretend it's the Doc instead of a Dugon. And he, like, flips out and fires a Badu- Baduka. He fires a Bazooka into Dr. Dugon's face. I like Baduka. He fires his Baduka. <laughs> no wonder, I wonder what, like... Please don't Google, Google Baduka. I'm not going to Google Baduka. Yeah. That's probably for the best. <laughs> you will get uh, some government, you know, socialist. Mm. Um, some men in a in black suits come to your door. White yeah. coats, more likely. Yeah. He's on to us. Quick, get rid of him. Insanity, please. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I've queued up a nice Mrs. Monarch voice for all I the game. I wonder how many YouTube ads yours will have. No, no, I got it ready. I'm not showing off. I'm just proud of myself for doing that. Okay. What the hell are you doing to him? Hi, honey. That's her voice. That's Poor sweet thing. Did the bad men hurt you? Wait. This goes against the guilt. I don't know why, but when I was looking up, my brain wasn't paying attention. I was like, he's... I thought... Their voice is more... Yeah, they they feel backwards as fuck. No, like I... I knew that that one was her, but yeah. when I looked, I thought it was him. <laughs> That's fine. Right. So, meanwhile, the uh, main boys, which are... The Venture Bros. Yes. The, <laughs> iconic, <laughs> the iconic boys themselves. I, I'm not going to be able to find them Stuart in the Stuart and the Leviathan. Yep. Yeah. So, Stuart, Leviathan, Hank, Dermot, and Helper, who was that beeping robot we saw earlier, 
Um, they're starting a band. It's called Shallow Gravy. Shallow Gravy in what? It's like Shallow Grave, but it's, it's gravy. But gravy. Mm. It's family friendly. Yeah. Nice. Which is very Hank to like almost be cool and just like botch it right at the end there. Um, yep, yeah, so Dean is making his little newspaper. You know that weird face children much younger than him have where they like try to make their own newspaper magazine or comic book? Mm. Yeah, he's mm. still doing that. He's like 16. I, d- I did that once for a high school assessment. Oh, there you go. I think I was always an emo because I remember in the one I made in like grade five, there was a tragic thing where he died and then he immediately came back with a robot arm. But like it was cable. No, it was about a crab. Oh. And he just beat up bad fish. Bad fish. And then he had a robot paw for no That'd be reason. a good name for a comic. You are your father's son, sins. aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Five Arms. Old Five Arms was a song about a starfish. Yeah, but you Mine was a brutal comic. You should have added him. We made a brutal comic for Toby. Yeah, for Baby Dark Side. So some of his little newspaper's readers are Henchman 21, who is the chubby, goofy henchman for the monarch. And of course, the monarch is also reading it as well, Uh, which tangents well into him requesting blueprints for the venture compound. (laughs) Under the guise of a fan of the newspaper who wants a new house and is wanting it to be as cool as the Venture Industries compound. So, Dean just straight up puts the blueprints into his newspaper. Oh, golly. So that's good. He's very smart. Yep, so Monarch decides to sneak out of his current life with his boys Henchman 21 and 24. What? Who's you showing me? Nothing. Oh, fuck. Um, gotcha. They're going to do a little bit of secret arching in the compound while Doc's away. Uh, uh, the quote is from Henchman24 here, in which he says, Let's take a dump in his pool. That's their scheme. Ooh. Okay. Yep. That kind of, that, that's alright. That shuts stuff down for a while. It's well, very, it's well a they can't do any real arching because it'll go on the book, so they're pretty much just like hassling. <laughs> Hassle um, inconvenience. While there, the monarch rapes a robot, which is oh. cool. He uses weird villain reverse psychology to get Dean to not dob on him for it. Um, Kai, do you, you remember that bit? On, if you dob on me, then you're joining my ranks because you're as bad as me. No, it wasn't even that. It was like some me. weird half Darth Vader quote where he's like, that's I right, Dean. I'm your father, so don't. <laughs> was not over that. It's like, um, yes, that's right. Tell on me. Then my plan will be complete. Your final step in your transformation will be complete. And he's like, and he starts to cry. He's like, I'll never tell on you. I'll never do it. And he's like, ah, you bested me by. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's Dean's stupid. That's what it's all about. Nice. Um, the, the final detail to mention in this episode is that 21 thinks the boys are immortal. Why? Um, he has not only seen them die in the past, but killed them in the past, and they always show back up. He literally shot one of them in the face. Oh. Um, in season one. Yeah, that's, oh, that's we're the... season three, and he's still alive. Yeah, the, the fact is that the boys are cloned pretty regularly, because they're not the brightest, and they often uh... end up killing themselves. Okay. So they get cloned. But um, uh, Henchman 21 hasn't been in any of those clone episodes, so he doesn't know that yet. His theory is they're the Highlanders. They're the Highlander Betwins. Sure. All right. Uh, the Is next episode. 
I don't know if they want it. (laughs) The high ground makes me think about when Hank dresses like Batman and has his umbrella and jumps off the roof of the compound and just, like, dies on the ground. (laughs) He had the high ground then. Then he suddenly had, like, the ground. Ground, ground. The high ground. Yeah, flat ground. Look, you can't expect too much from someone that was educated by a bed from the 60s. Yeah, 60s bed. Bed? Yeah. Their entire schooling is... They a bed speaking to them, but it was built in the 60s, so it's outdated and worthless. Oh, no. Making them dinguses. <laughs> so the next episode is Now Museum, Now You Don't. Cool. That's a pun, you see. Um, this episode features Jonas Jr. Um, quick summary here. Uh, the main Doc Venture had a tumor in Season 1. The ending of Season 1. No, not that one. Oh. So the tumor escapes. Oh. It turns out to be a fatal twin that has been living inside him. No, not that one. Okay. All, the t- the, all this time. Like and, he- and eventually they feel bad for him, so they just give him some of the venture industry stocks and, like, send him away to an island to do his own thing. Um, while there, he pretty much became, like, the Steve Jobs of the universe. Mm-hmm. Like, he's rich as shit. He's, like, a powerful scientist. That's Kai's so showing a picture of him with his little uh, his little um, hover belt. Yes. He's a good boy. He was a tumor, but he was really a boy. He's a boy. <laughs> he was a real boy. boy. Like Pinocchio. They thought he was a tumor, but he was okay. Oh, no. <laughs> yep, so, like Pinocchio. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he's opening a museum uh, in honor of his father on Spider Skull Island, the island where he has been sent to to um, do his thing. Um, their father being like a classic Saturday morning cartoon adventurer guy. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's another photo of him doing adventures. Problem with him is, as the series progresses, you see what a disgusting piece of shit the man is, oh. which is fun. Part of the charm. Nice. Yep. So this is mostly an episode revolving around Jonas Jr. not knowing how to deal with the silly adventure world that he lives in, juggling senile villains and heroes, a drunk Doctor Impossible who's just Fantastic Four man. Um, <laughs> because this version of the Invisible Woman left this version of Mister Fantastic to be with Jonas Jr. Um, and at one point, his pirate captain, named Pirate Captain, uh, goes on strike during the night. So he was an un... kind of like Harley Quinn. He was like this one-bit character, this pirate captain, who never got a real name. And then he gets, like, hired to work on Spider Skull Island. But they oh. choose to not give him a name, so he's still Pirate Captain. Very good. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, we get a classic adventure flashback in this episode to show how Jonas, Jonas Senior got control of Spider Skull Island in the first place. Uh, this features young Rusty, uh, the, the main one, but as, when he was a boy adventurer. He's kind of like Johnny Quest. Um, yeah, it's a yet another traumatic boy wonder hostage situation, pretty much the way Burt Ward in 60s Batman lived, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and shit if we weren't leaning on Johnny Senior being a scumbag already, his disguise as a Japanese villain in this clip... Literally features him pulling his eyes real tight. Yeah. Can you do that and he says, Ichinisan Kawaii. I mean, he's not far fucking off from that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, um, yeah, that's great. Jonas Jr. has like a subtle arrogance in this show. Uh, it's hard to tell if he's being cocky or just a dick sometimes. Um, it's shown at the end of this episode, like in the, in the museum presentation, he has like a big dedication to Rusty, the, the boy adventurer who was there through it all. Um, but by that point, 
uh, Rusty himself and the main Venture family have ducked out because they read the room and decide to leave before, before things go awry. Because it's full of, like, old just it's, it's like old Justice Society of America and their villains are all invited to this museum and they're like, fuck this. So they all leave. Yeah, because it's all his dad's, like, teammates and their counterpart villains. The one time he didn't point at the big-headed, um, yeah... Yeah, that that's who we're talking about now. Ah. And so they're like, why, why are He's we like hanging out with like, dad's dick friends uh, dad's and dick. the dude's trying to kill him? Yeah, so they, mm. so they just yeah. end up leaving. They're like, man, I'm out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's a nice, simple episode. Uh, important mentions are there's a Wilhelm scream. Um, and if you have the Uncensored DVDs or watch it however you choose to, there is a boob flash, which is good. Um, there's there's also a few dick shots as well for the ladies. Very good. I have noticed while doing my notes and for some reason taking note of any time you see a penis or a boob, any time, any episode where there's a boob, there is also a cock. And that is equality and that's fucking good. Nice reference to Bohemian like you. What? <laughs> you got a great car and a cock and some boob. Got a great cock. <laughs> Can we tell who's related in this household? I'm writing that down, but that is a terrible episode title. We're all going to have the same last name soon, so... Buckle up. Speak Buckle for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um... Well, the episode... thing in the mail today, so... Nice. We're good. <laughs> the episode to follow... Nice. Um, oh, yeah, for all those listening Where's to us, like, banging on a heavy-ass book, we're still in the Go Team Venture art book, mm. because that's how it's done. Also, um, we paid a lot of money for it, so we're going to use yeah, it. Yeah, fuck you, I'm using it. <laughs> yes. Why are there Pez? Because they had merchandise. Very cool. The old adventure gang. You got Kano and hey. Jonas and Action Man. And Fish. I forget Kano. his name, but he's Mormon, he so we like don't Magikarp. talk to him much. <laughs> he looks kind of like Magikarp, but he has legs. His name's Otto. Oh, there you go. Otto or something. I forget. <clears> you know what? You, you had me in the ballpark, and then I, then I disappeared again. Otto Fish. Um, yeah, this... Also, this continues to show Jonas Jr. has trouble understanding this world of boy adventurers and comic book escapades. Uh, it's called the Lepidopterists. Lepidopterists. What does that mean? Forgot to Google it. Don't care. After leaving the Archrites to Dr. Jugon, as we saw, the monarch has taken up arching Jonas Jr. Um, he's not the right Dr. Venture, but hey, it's close enough for him to sort of be happy and going out of full force. He's attacking Spider Skull Island from his cocoon, which is a big floating cocoon where he houses his henchmen. No one thinks it looks like a cocoon. It it it's, it looks like a beehive. Well, it's too wide to be a cocoon. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit poopy. I think they keep thinking it's a pine cone in this episode. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. It's a pine cone. So Jonas Jr. assembles a Voltron slash Megazord with his Invisible Woman Sally. Um. Her special needs the thing knockoff, Ned. Instead of being Crunchy Rock, he's just like a big wart. He's also, um. He looks very nervous. He, well, part of his, um, character is that he is, um, special needs. Oh. So he's a bit, um. You know. Yeah, we let him talk. He's got a helmet. He does. And they're pirate captain. There he is in his Voltron outfit. With his eye patch. And sideburns. Um. Who's so, this? That's, that's Jonas Jr. Look at him go. Well, that's the picture of the cocoon. Hmm. 
looks like some sort of a cocoon, but also a beehive. Yeah. So, so this gang of people kick know. off this uh, aerial fight with their Megazord against the cocoon with lethal force. Um, the rest of the episode is like a fucking great time, but mostly it's a look at how the Guild of Calamitous Intent, which is like the villain union, and the OSI, which is the hero vil- um, union, sort of operate. So, the rules state that a villain can only arch within the means of their protagonist. It, it's a very real world of, you know... How it would work. You, you can only apply as much self-defense as you get, like, hit with in the first place. Okay. So, if someone like, hits you with a fist, you can't hit them with a baseball bat and call it self-defense. Yes. The villains can, can, if, they can you just if it's lie. in their means. <laughs> you say they had the bat. I no, you just say from... that's from my punch. Yeah. Green Goblin cannot legally throw a pumpkin bomb that he doesn't think is within the reach of Spider-Man to deal with. No. Yes. No. Well, otherwise he would get fined by the guild, you see. But he no, wouldn't know don't Spider-Man. tell them. Oh, it's, fine. it's not like the Green Goblin's pumpkin bomb would ever hit. <laughs> yeah, they usually Because that would be a boring issue. <laughs> um... So, so that's the that's the rule here. They have to arch within the means of their protagonist. Uh, the they the so so both parties, the guild and the OSI, they both step in when Jonas um, is pretty much shooting to kill because he doesn't really understand the rules because he's been a tumor for most of his time. And he and no one explained to him. He's a super scientist, a which automatically means he's going to have villains and have hijinks. But he just wants to do science. You just, you no, no one explained the world to him. Yeah. So, so all the levels of escalation are at max because he's you know willing to kill. Um, card holder and dough show up. Uh, these two men, named specifically after the fake names on credit cards, are like the men in black for the OSI. They don't exist. Mm-hmm. But they do exist when they want to exist. So they help, they come to help Jonas Jr. put an end to the monarch, um, and they bring Brock, which is from fun Pokemon. Too. No, no, no you know, the, the blonde mullet fella. What about Hop? Yeah. Talks like the wheelchair guy from Family Guy. Hop's from Pokemon. He I'm sucks. playing Pokemon now. Yeah. He sucks. His brother sucks? awful. Who's the who's the little sassy bitch in the purple j- puffy no, jacket? You're far enough. Oh. No, I'm only new to it. I've played it for two hours. Well, you'll know him when you meet him because everyone's like, "Oh, he's sassy." Nah, just a bitch. He's probably the one cool. with the just an arrogant type. little bitch. No, it's not the cape man. <laughs> oh. yeah. The um, cape man is Leon. He's a drop kick. Yeah, he's a fucking drop kick. If you saw him in the street, you'd say, he "Who drop the kick fuck him. are you?" <laughs> So, um... What is your problem? The OSI helping Jonas Jr. kill the monarch, it's all staged. Jonas obviously isn't up to the hero-villain task, so they fake the monarch's cocoon exploding, so as far as he knows, it ends all well and good. They're pretty much just writing him off, mm-hmm. giving him a, yeah, you did it, pat on the back, well, let's not talk to this guy anymore, fuck him. Um, the people that rig Jonas's camera to see the explosion, Kyle... This is the good part of the episode. Right here. Um, Looks like Kite Man. It does a little bit. They're, they're, a henchman. they're actually loosely based on the original X-Men jumpsuit. Yeah, I see that, yeah. yeah. So we've got Henchmen 21 and 24. Um, in this episode, like most episodes, they're a little bit meta. So they understand that they're sort of main characters, so they can't die. 
Meanwhile, Henchman 1 is so fucking doomed because he shows up out of nowhere. They, they you know that dude that shows up for an episode and they're like, oh, he's going to die? Yeah. Yeah. He's um, Ponce de Leon for Clone High. They, they keep examples. listing off why... Like, Ponte he's the cool. person that's going to die. Mm. Yeah, they're, like, they're like, you're henchman you number one. You, you do have a real name. You know, you want to take that escape. You would never take that escape. You would take this escape. You, t- you go, like, into this plan. That's the wrong plan, clearly, because that would be the smart plan. And we don't do the smart plan. We stay alive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like, they're like, you don't even have a name. You're not important. He's like, my name is Scott. My name is Scott Hall. And they're like, yeah, but now you jinxed it by telling us your name. You're fucked. <laughs> like, no matter what he does. And you kind of feel bad for him. It's great. Aww. It's a good back and forth with him and, like, the two goobers. Um, the episode ends with him at the hands of Brock fucking Samson. So, uh, yeah. We, we know he died. Do you want to explain Brock to little Meg here? Yes. He is, um, like, um... Brock is... Dolph Lundgren. Cool. I don't know what that means. He's a man. Yeah. Big ripped 80s action star. OG Punisher. Yeah. Brock is the Ventures bodyguard. Okay. But he is way too overpowered for that. Oh, okay. As in he is like the top of the top of the top. Mm-hmm. He walks into a room and people are scared of him. Okay. Here he is beating the piss out of a crocodile from episode one. Oh. So that's fun. There's it other examples. It looks like he'd say crikey. Nah. But like, crikey. Like that. It's not Australian. Yeah, but like, he'd, he'd be like, there's a crocodile. Yeah, but he's wrestling. Here are the action figure variants. To set a precedent, there he is in his black shirt. Here's one slightly bloodied, and there's one where he's not wearing clothes, and he's even more bloodied. I think that was a Comic-Con exclusive or something. I forget. He looks like he could sing Hyper Hyper, but he's... Sing it, like, real angry. No, because he likes um, Led Zeppelin. He has Icarus tattooed on his arm. Uh-huh. So, you know, you drive a charger. <laughs> okay. Until the charger tries to kill him. Whoa, dude. Oh. Let's hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, so this episode is a fun little adventure and helps lay the lore of the show's universe. Probably my, like, easy recommendation for the episode. The easy one you can sort of jump in and have a look at without committing to three seasons so far. Um, thus, cementing my claim, this season is all about getting the show exactly where it wants to be and at its peak, and yeah. not just being a parody of Johnny Quest. So, at any rate, we'll go back to the arching escalation thing I mentioned. Now, because Jonas had henchman number one presumably killed, that means Monarch can escalate. Um, mm. And what would essentially be a step beside side characters to Jonas Jr.? So, he, Jonas Jr., side characters, Sally, Pirate Captain, and Ned. The characters beneath that would include Adventures, including Rusty. So, Monarch is now allowed to go after Rusty Venture again. Oh. Because they've killed a henchman, he's allowed to kill, like, the less than B grade. And Jonas Jr. does not really hang out with Rusty. The Monarch, you would have the Monarch, and then Dr. Misses, the Monarch, and 21 and, then, and 24, and, and then all henchmen. the henchmen. Yeah. So it's in the so same he, bracket. He, he's just like, if you go down to here, that means I can go down to here. And technically, down here is your brother. And which is so like, I who I want. <laughs> there he is in his little outfit. From so when he, he was a child, he shouldn't be wearing it anymore. No. He, does, he doesn't normally. That's like... 
Um, toddler Sandman. Um, yeah, clothes. Normally he wears a speed suit, which is just a jumpsuit. Um, oh. so welcome to the orb. That's the title of the episode. Hmm. Very challenging to write the episode. Yeah. Um, this episode begins with Billy Quizboy, who was like one of those Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, like superstar kind of kids. I can see that, yeah. <laughs> you can see that by his little question mark hat. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, he's in full costume for this adventure he goes on as well. He looks like his catchphrase would be Jeepers, sir. He fucking talks kind of the way you think he does, I bet. He he's this is like his ultimate adventure because he idolized young Jonas. He watched the Venture Show. Yeah. Which exists in okay. the show. Oh. It's it's like if Johnny Quest was the Ventures. No, it's like it's like if a dorky friend of Robert Parr loved The Incredibles. Oh, okay. He does. Yeah. So he in this episode, yeah, he's gonna like help the Ventures out, and he's like, "We should dress in our old costumes and like hang out in our old places with our old." And colors. sad, depressed, fucking alcoholic Doc is like, "I fucking can't even do this, man. I can't stand it." Yeah. Right, so well, it starts with Billy Quizboy watching <laughs> the old Rusty Venture show like a maniac with a fan theory. Um, we see that. In, in the episode he's watching, we see child Rusty defiantly have to kill at least one man during his childhood, so that's nice. Um, anyway, Billy finds the detail he was looking for and is sent on a mystery-solving adventure with Rusty, and it kind of reminds me of the Bill Cipher statue from Gravity Falls. Yeah. Like how a show led into an actual world sort of scavenger hunt. Um, yeah, Google that if you're unaware. That was fun. Um, the mystery they are following is about the orb. Oh, fuck. And the birthplace of all this show's politics. You can edit that out if you feel like. What the orb? Yeah. <laughs> so, alright. We have we, we have this old-timey flashback featuring the guild. Not of calamitous intent, just the guild. He looks like he needs a nap. Who, this fella? Yep. Alistair Crowley? Is that Shit him? Name? He's the inventor of, like, Satanism. That's a real guy. So it's Mark yeah. Twain. And Oscar Wilde. Mark Twain's a riverboat. Yeah. No, he's no. the man who sent those kids to he meet Satan in that cool stop motion claymation thing. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's the Mark Twain riverboat from Disneyland. <laughs> I love that. What's your name? Satan. <laughs> it's like the, I drove it one time. He's a weird man. The steamboat. Alright, so, so, cool. so this is the Gilded Age. Steamboat Willie is a good name. For uh, um, porn star. No, what's the name of them douchebags? Steampunk. Think, yeah, steampunk themed porn. Yeah. Mm. So mm. All right. So, so the oh, guild mm. have a big ass blimp, and they're sort of like in charge of things. They're a bit like an Illuminati esque thing. Uh, yeah, we've got Mark Twain, Alistair Crowley, Oscar Wilde, and Eug- Eugene Sandow, who was the first like classic strongman, and he was like a bodyguard in in this setup. The group is in possession of the orb, which is on the other page. Um, we don't know what it is yet, but it really looks like the apple of Adam from the Ezio Assassin's Creed games. Yeah. Yep. Um, Stop bringing that shit back into the sort of new like. please. No. Oh, they're bringing it back into the things. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to hear that for you, buddy. Um, so some of the group, like some of the guild, want to use its power. Others want to learn from it and understand the device. 
And this is the great fission that will result in the two factions being the Guild of Clonus Intent and the OSI. Yeah. Because some of them want to protect the orb. Some want to use it for power and gain and what have you. It's like a nuclear reactor. I mean, yeah. Don't chew on it. So speaking of the OSI, Brock is piecing his mission together and goes to classical hunter-gatherers. I'm going to Google a picture of Hunter Gathers because I like him. He's fucking weird. He's big. Where from? From the Googles. Check it out. No, but where is he from? What does he do? He used to work at the OSI with Brock. Mm-hmm. But um, he's... I think it might have been last week we covered his pretty much expulsion. Yeah, he gets kicked out of the OSI. Yeah. And so he sort of goes his own way, but he knows all the rules, so we can talk to him sometimes about stuff. He was like a colonel. So he. But he, he was a bit. He was like, a bit. He was a little bit tinfoil hatty. Yeah. <laughs> Someone cosplayed him in like, in like this episode's version. Um. So now he's like a woman. I wish I could fucking zoom in. Because that's how he hides. Yeah, yeah. He's a stripper now. Oh. There's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very packed in. There you go. Oh, wow. Wow, isn't that fun? Where do you get the titties from? Um, That's in an episode. They cover that. Okay. He wanted them. And then he got... Oh, no, no, they find out Hunter Gathers is alive. They send Brock to kill him, even though he's like a father to me. Um, And then he gets there, and and the the surgeon's like, don't come in. And he's like, are you, you like, dissecting him? Is he dead? And he's like, no. And then he goes in, and he's like, he's got titties. And he's like, yeah. We got titties now. And, and Brock gets really upset because he's like, how could you do this to my father, figure? Yeah, and he's got a little letter to him being like, yeah, I, I did this. Oh. Yeah. Well. yeah, so so, he, so he's fun. We go and talk to him. At this point, he's post-op and working as the stripper. He's still got the same voice, which is somehow grittier than Mrs. The Monarchs. Um, he explains that Brock might be Doc's bodyguard, but the orb comes first. And if Doc attempts to use it, then he needs to be assassinated. Alright, so once Doc and Billy do find it, the scene does get pretty tense, it's fun. With, um, like, Brock in the shadows with his classic knife. And Old Rusty does come through, though, which is a surprise, because he's usually a shit heel of a character. Um, he decides to leave it in place. Its secrets aren't for us to unleash. Um, until it's studied and understood, it's not for mankind. Which is a surprisingly, like, mature sentiment for him. him. Normally he would sell it. He's very into, like, Being a making money off the military. Yep, so as we covered in last okay. week, he's, um... Hmm. I mean, he's, like, the heir to the venture industry's fortune and all, and the compound and all their super science, but they also haven't had a good invention since his father's death. Ba- basically, he's just coasting. He doesn't really Basically, what he does... He's a bit of a slacker. He moved oh. into his dead dad's house, and he just will, like, whenever he's running low on funds for... Stupidity. Just sell a He'll go through a cupboard hmm. and he's like, I could totally sell this to the military and tell them that it does XYZ hmm. and make a lot of money. They invented Frankenstein and then everyone's just like, to sell it to the military at one point. Ev- everyone's like, that, that doesn't work though. That doesn't do what it says you're doing. And he's like, eh, That was my, yeah, my father yeah, built that. If it doesn't work, it's his fault. Goodbye. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's, so, he's kind of a shitbag. Yeah. So this brings us to a classic big payoff. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, Look, he cloned his kids because he was like, they're too stupid to keep themselves alive. And I'm not going to raise them right, mm. so I'm just going to build spares. 
Keep them in a little pen until I need them. Yeah, they, they live in the big floaty tube. Ooh. They, they really do. Like, wow. There's a lot going on in this. Yeah, it's hard. But that's why we have to get people to invest. The first... It's one of those shows where every season gets, like, way better than the last season. Hmm. But you got to start with a Johnny Quest parody for a season and a half. But then everything about that season pays off big later. So you can't really skip it. Oh. Which is hard to deal with. Yes. It's very much a... They didn't think that they were going to be successful with this. So they just kind of fucked around with it. And then they got a second season and they were like oh, crap, this needs to lead somewhere. And then they got a third season, and then they were like, oh, we're gonna stop we've got to actually, like, we can do what we want to do well, with this. They're comic book nerds writing fan fiction it. about a yeah. universe that they invented, so it just keeps looping over itself really hard. Yeah. You can, you can clearly see where they're like, oh, people are watching this. We I'll can show do them. what we want to do. Yeah. Like... Hang on a second. We've managed to do the thing. Yeah. Let's do the thing right Do you reckon they felt gratified when they saw Stripper Hunter Gathers cosplay? Oh, yeah. Because, goddamn. Oh, no. Alright, so Doc ignoring the orb brings us to a big classic payoff Adventure Bros ending. Surprisingly, actually at the end of the season. Yeah. Sometimes they will be the premiere of the next season because they just ran out of room, or it'll be an hour-long special between seasons because they ran out of room. Oh. Yeah, they don't it happens. plan well. That's great. Um, this season, it's in just the right spot. It is called The Family That Slays Together Stays Together, Parts 1 and 2. Uh, so, and oh, this this is our f- finale for the episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when Monarch was allowed to arch Dr. Venture from the... Why, why the fuck did I write that episode's name twice? From that episode? Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to attempt it. It's too hard. Okay, good. Um, remember when Brock didn't kill Doc in the orb? Yep. Because yep. he didn't use it? He might have not used it, but he did find it and handled it and all that shit. He should have already been executed by now. They shouldn't have risked him picking it up. He should have been killed. So, um, this episode opens with the return of Molotov Cocktees. The totally <laughs> accurate Black Widow. It's the, the better one than you poor bastards get in your Marvel movies. This one actually is kind of Russian. Kai's going to Google a picture because she's friend. Who is that? That's the monarch in like a bullshit parody of those bullshit Batman action figures where the costume design's too fucking stupid to be practical. Actually, it reminds me of that gold one we had as a kid. What a fly boy. Fucking 90% of the photos on Google are cosplays of her. Yeah. That's just who she is. But yeah, but yeah, she's she's like if Black Widow was like super comic book accurate. Do you remember how she sounded in Web of Shadows? Yes. Bingo. Okay. We didn't even know who she was. Ah, okay. That. Yeah, Tra- Trey's been looking at cosplays because that's no, what Google has. However, I also like this is her um, off-duty outfit. Oh yeah, her sweet fucking hood rat <laughs> costume. <laughs> Nice. Alright, so, so she's a black widow, but she's also like Brock's Catwoman. Bit more practical. Love interest, but I don't think she could do, like, do much with no, the well, he's like, As Toby goes through this, Brock comes up against her and he's like, oh, I didn't even recognize you in your, like, undercover outfit. She's, she's like, like, this is I'm just what I undercover. wear. undercover, this is what I wear when I'm off duty. And he just kind of, like, like, laughs in her face. Uh-huh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, so, um... <laughs> She's sent in this episode to kill Brock. 
Obviously, she doesn't because she has like a love. On again, ha- off again. Yeah, she, she she's our Catwoman to Brock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she warns him that there's other assassins that OSI are sending after him. Like his cop. Uh oh. Kaya. Enough. Bad. Smack. She comes in and makes a note of him pulling it apart. That's the next season. Just wait. I it We're talking about these three. Something to look forward to, you guys. Woohoo! Foreshadowing. Um, Kaya. Well, while I'm yelling at you, can you put, like, the noise of, you know, like a projection slide? Yeah, yeah, do, do you want to... Thank you. you. You fucking sounded like the Transformer, man. Optimus yes. Prime. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Transformer, man. You know the one. Did Optimus Prime make that sound that I just didn't know? Kind of. When he turned into a truck. Anybody who likes Transformers is like, you fucking asshole. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're thinking of uh, ah. Starscream. Nah. Wow. Oh, no, he's a Decepticon, you fuck. Oh, I'm sorry. I think. <laughs> Alright, so play the noise, Kaya. Good. Um, and and I'm also... Pretend I'm pointing at the projection screen with a horse whip. Or a stick. I don't remember what people use on TV. <laughs> just every, every time Toby moves his hand. And then just gonna... Okay, okay, here we go. You ready? Alright, we've got Go Fish. This is if Green Arrow used trick fishing lures instead of arrows. He's also got Green Arrow's mask to a fucking T from the animated series. There he is there. Let him go. Indeed. It's like a bucket hat. Yeah, he's got his sweet fishing hat on. Because he's a fisherman. Alright, next slide. You've got... Oh, goddamn French words. Letteur. Um, this is a... a... Ah, no, I don't. This is a, this is a Batman fan... And Craven the Hunter oh. knockoff. You know how Craven likes to wear his lion vest? Yeah. We talk an elephant. Oh. <laughs> Look at that bad boy. Stupid. Very mm. good. This is something to look at. Um, yep, yeah, so the sleeves are like the ears and the trunk just sort of hangs around near his dick aimlessly. Alright, final slide. Here we go. <laughs> Fuck, how loud was that? <laughs> she leaned in for that one. Alright, we've got hair trigger. Who is based on a character from a film I've never heard of called Klaus Kinski. He had a motorbike fetish in that movie. So this guy has a super hardcore gun fetish. Like he- jerking off the rocket or sensually licking his pistol and making noises. It reminds noises. me of the dude from Charlie's Angel. Like that. That Holy shit, hair. he does a bit. Yeah, the, the hair stalker. No, it's Good old exactly like um, that skit from Little Britain, yeah. America... Yeah, actually. I, really I know like what you're talking about. I like guys on um, Great British Bake Off now. Do you think it makes people mad that I can name the actor who played the hair-sniffing villain in Charlie's Angels, but I can't name the Transformer guy? <laughs> so my biggest problem with the Transformers <laughs> yeah, go is on. how can you willingly be a fan of something where the good guys have the lamest cool. name on Earth the Autobots yeah, the automatic and bots. the bad dudes of the Decepticons, which sounds sick. Makes me think about Deceptive Number 9, which is a quote from the Plutonians or the Moonanites. It's kind of like how Justice League is a shit name, but the League of... whatever the fuck Extraordinary Gentlemen? No, what are they called? The Legion of Doom? Yeah, the Legion of Doom is the League also of Doom. complete shit, hey. Suicide but Justice League's slightly better. Hmm. What, what was I doing? Alright, so, so I finished with my slides, push them down, and they, they crash on the floor. 
<laughs> we have to align these sounds better. <laughs> no, because that would... <laughs> that would have That's the sound of my this. screen fall into the Yeah, air. that's a glass one. Oh, my glass screen. Don't, don't throw that fucking oh, glass Oh, nice way to floor. bring it back to the Transformers. Because <laughs> oh, no. we mentioned Star Scream earlier. Mm. Who's the one that's a big pistol? Magnum. Magnum Opus. Magnum P.I. No, that's the I one that looks like a cream. That's the one that would buy on Rage Kids drinks who don't my Magnum, Magnum Dong. Dong. There we go. Thanks, I don't care. It's alright. <laughs> so with this oh, information, yeah, Brock no. is um travelling back to Hunter Gathers for information on what what he should do, you know, like what's the plan here? While that's happening, let's run over the other half of the episode. Of the part one. Monarch is going after the Venture Compound. That's right. He can legally go after Doc again. And he's sort of um, taking it on. Replacing Sergeant Hatred, who is currently assigned Dr. Venture. He has a big hatred on his face. He yells. He's loud. I don't like he's, him. He's great. He can't be... Able, he's not allowed to be around children. Um. He'll, he'll be way further back. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. My book only shows people who appear in the episode. He's like, for the first time. He's got a mustache and a... Um, oh, Trey will know about that guy. I patched Mustache Man. That's uh, Nick Fury, Meg. No. It's not Nick Fury. You're close, though. We'll talk about it after. His name is, um, Fick Nuri. That's a in hatred. Ah. He's got a sweet vest and a funky hat. He's dressed like an army man. Yep, and he came second in a race with his red ribbon on his hat. Yeah. So, so Monarch assembles a small team to intro- infiltrate the compound. Essentially, it's your main Monarch cast. you got himself, Miss Monarch, the Moppets, uh, Henchmen's 21 and 24. The, you know, his main gang. This group is sneaking around trying to hunt the family, unaware they're out on their side of the episode. Essentially, uh, uh, sorry, eventually, they find Sergeant Hatred, who is locked in the bathroom of the Venture Compound crying. Oh. Is it because he hates so much? You see his cock a little bit in this. A little Because he's sitting <laughs> on the toilet. Is there a titty bit. too? Oh, there will be. Okay. Yep. Oh, it's here, here, right here. But there was also a flush of Monarch Booba. Sorry, Mrs. Monarch Booba. So it evens out. It's weird. The quality is fuck. Um, yep, there's a joke. I, I think it's a joke about the impracticality of female comic costumes. It's fine. Um, yep, so... Sergeant Hatred won't leave because his woman is leaving him. That's right. Native American Princess Tiny Feet is going to break up with him. Princess Tiny Feet? Yeah. Why? I don't know why they're breaking up, but they're gone. It's very sad. Does she have tiny feet? Yes. Is that why? She, she's an Indian princess. But like a Native I said Native Indian American. Princess. Yeah. Let me look at a picture of her here. Why does she have tiny feet? <laughs> Fucking cosplayers, man. Every every day was it. Did they make tiny feet? Oh no, here she is with a bob gag. So she likes BDSM, or I will. I don't think that's in this episode. No. That's later, actually. Um, I don't think we even see her in this episode. No, we barely see her in the show at all. Um, yeah, and he's not leaving the compound. He's sort of like doing the warrior's death, but like the saddest, sniveliness version. So he's like crying on the toilet and he's refusing to leave until Doc Venture kills him. Oh. So, so yeah, it's kind of like Death by Cop, but you know, like in bullshit, super science, heroes and villains stuff. Mm. Um, while Mrs. Monarch is trying to talk him down and get him to fucking leave, 
The monarch does leave to go get his big cocoon. He's decided we need bigger firepower because I'm just dicking around doing nothing and the ventures aren't even fucking here. So I'm just going to get all pimped out for this. Um, and with that side of the episode over, we will jump back across to Brock the Fugitive. All right. Uh, this is one of those harsh, sad moments in the strip club car park. Hair Trigger is nearby. Other pages don't matter. Um, and Brock is trying to send the boys and Doc away. He wants them just safely away from him, so he has to tell the boys that it was just a job and he doesn't really love them. It's a bit... It's very sad. <laughs> they're like, no, Brock, we're going to stay Stop. with you. And yeah, it's, it's like, one of those no. ones where it's like, get out of here. It was, it was never more than a job to me. I don't love you boys. You're not my family. You know don't how you worry. have to like yell at mm. the, the dog at the end of the shitty movie Aww. to get him to leave? Sad. And go back to the wild. It's definitely not a dog I'm thinking about, is it? <laughs> Look, at any rate, so it doesn't quite work, though, because silly old Hank is hiding in Brock's car because oh. he likes adventures and he dresses like Fred from Scooby-Doo. Oh, Right. He's not as smart as Fred from Scooby-Doo. Wow. Have you seen that thing where it's just a bunch of the characters oh. from he doesn't Twilight, even have the excuse but one of the walls like has like Scooby's call? He's just stupid. Yeah. Um, so there's a, th- there's a car slash bike chase resulting in Hair Trigger. This is happy. Hair Trigger gets flattened by a chunk of the X1, which is like a Thunderbird's naming system for the Ventures fancy jet. Brock's next stop is to try and send the family back to Spider Skull Island for safety. Mm-hmm. Um, to do this, he goes and talks to Mile High and Shoreleave, who are like G.I. Joe characters, hence the names. They used to work for OSI. Um, they are quote-unquote retired due to some don't ask, don't tell stuff. And they can only, because they are retired, they can only afford one pant and one shirt leotardy thing each. They dress a little bit on the fruity side, hence the donuts don't tell. They've got a boat. Um, ah, they're doing born again great. Christian scuba tours, and their new names are Sky Pilot and the Holy Diver. Um, mm. very very gay. <laughs> yes, not in a bad way, but just. Very it's weird seeing Shoreleave not be like a main like side character yet, because he pops up a lot as the show goes on. I don't know why. Oh, cause Sphinx, Sphinx. There are Sphinx. so many characters. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. You should yeah, watch well, me. I'm only in like one section of the book, and there's you so should, much more. You should watch of me book. frantically take notes as the episode's happening, because I'm like, this is a detail I have to mention in my podcast, because it's all fucking important. God fuck damn it. Oh no. Alright, so this is where the fight with Gofish takes place. Was that like a magic cult? No, that's the fella. Oh, that's the fella far out. Too many people. What? Kai's showing people my squiggly notes before I type them. But, like, there's pages. Pages. Oh, it's important. (laughs) Um, Gofish gets beheaded by a dead shark wearing Brock's shirt and hair, which is fun. Oh. Means that Brock has lost his uh, blonde mom. It's weird seeing him with a shaved head. That's not him. No. I'm not going to point at it. Right. That's Mr. Clean. You know, like from the... From the like from the, the brother of Mr. Sheen. Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> Prepare for me to mispronounce that because I did my notes bad. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell who cleans the house? <laughs> so after Sky Pilot and Holy Diver refuse to lend Brock the boat because they need it for their uh, Christian born-again scuba tours, um, Brock finds a hotel to hide out in for the night. He tells the boys to stay in the room while he goes and gets supplies, so immediately fucking Hank is out on the balcony around the pool whistling a tune. As you do. 
Um, he starts talking to a dude with a Batman towel on because he's a little fanboy. He likes Batman. Am I foreshadowing the final fucking frames of this show seeing it's been cancelled? No. Yeah. Alright, so they chat a little bit until Brock comes back and finds out that it's... Letil. <laughs> Fuck, why did they do that? Are they from Saint-Messier? No, he's Persian. He's got a really French name, it's hard. Oh. So he runs into his hotel room and gets his dumb costume. And it this this too is a great fight scene in the hotel room. Um, Hank stalls by claiming a Batman fan would never kill. And, and <laughs> Latour Let, claims, he's like, I'm sorry to disappoint you, Hank, but I only like the Batman for the villains. And Hank's like, no! <laughs> and then he gets like stabbed to death. Oh. It's good. Um, it's a very bloody the death time- on his own sword. The whole Brock time... Brock gets his nipple cut off. You, you've got um, Papa Venture in the bathtub being like... Keep it I down. I told you guys not to turn the television over level three. Yes. If you could uh, keep that... it down and get me another martini, that'd be great. <laughs> and they're like... A nice description of Doc is... in blood. And like, <laughs> this guy's being stabbed to death by his own sword. And <laughs> he's like, I need a drink. It, it gets to the end of the fight and he's like, thank God. Finally, somebody will listen. And then they drag a bloody corpse into the bathroom and he just screams. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right, and that is about time for us to start talking about part two of the two-parter. You don't have to turn the page. It's, oh. a, it's a mixed track. Thank you. This episode starts with Doc and Placeholder, who we saw earlier, talking with General Trister. Trey, he is uh, Mr. Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Oh, Nick Fury, like but not. Like Does it look like him? You Thick like? Nuri. You like? Do you like when he becomes a Red Hulk later? Why? Because fuck it. What do you? Are you oh. Subtlety be damned. He looks like the Red Skull. No, he becomes a Hulk, he but a red one. He becomes the Red Hulk. Thunderbolt Ross. Venture. The show just seems to do what the boys does, but tiny. They God did damn it, it first, <laughs> and they don't do it as good. Um, this is my review so far. <laughs> Um, does Red Hulk ever get a mustache when he transforms? No. Well, then, fuck, but this one's better. But everyone thinks it's stupid that he doesn't because it keeps his yeah, head right. hair. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he also gets... Therefore, confirms his sends, fake mustache. It, yeah. Um, unrelated, uh, what, before he becomes a Red Hulk, he also, like, shoots himself into space so Alien can fix his quote-unquote PP cancer. Yep. Oh. And when he comes back, he can Hulk. Because <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um... Yep, so that, so sorry to, I was gonna say that foreshadows his future, but I've told you that he becomes a Red Hulk. And that he had PP cancer. Yeah. So I've pretty much covered him, so you're like welcome. The term PP, because He's talk- the one who keeps saying it! Are you talking about his penile? I think or it's his prostate. About the piss, because both are PP. His urine doesn't have cancer. It's penis. Yeah, it's that's his- what I mean, depending on who you're talking to. Oh, I know in this situation, but I mean in general, the word PP. So, he's talking to Placeholder and Doe about how Brock is killing all the assassinations under OSI, and he decides to assemble a militia to find Brock themselves. Um, they can't get to him right away, though, as he has been normal arrested. OSI and the actual police work completely parallel to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just a rule. Um, the whole family is in jail because, no shit, they killed a man in their hotel room. Um, the guy interviewing the boys, the the children, is pr- are pretty lost because he's like, 
what school do you go to? And they're like, where you, we're, we're taught by Abed. And he's like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> he's like, well, what, what are you doing here? And they're like, Brock's our bodyguard and the assassination, the assassins are coming after him and he's got to keep us safe. And he's like, what the fuck? They're, they're and very kids... open and honest and the police officer was just like, I don't... Well, he's a real policeman and not a bullshit, like, super science gimmick guy. So he's like, what? And one of them's smoking a Twizzler and goes, I want my phone call. And he's like, to who? He's like, my dad's like, he's in the next room getting interviewed. What is your fucking problem? And he's like, well, then I want to talk to my assistant robot helper. And he's like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they are set to re- to leave due to the body being gone, which is a term called corpus delecti, which means you can't charge a man for murder if you can't prove there was ever a body. Hence, this this man here. We'll, we'll come back to that. Mr. Um, Shane. That's right. He, it, the body was removed by a man called the Cleaner, who is clearly Mr. Shane. <laughs> yeah. Um, from Jimmy Neutron. No. From two and a half men. No! <laughs> um, so he's... They won't find the body if they're fucked up on coke. Yes! <laughs> yeah, love right. that. He, he comes in and sprays the police officers <laughs> in the interrogation room, melting them. Yeah. Wonderful gore moment. The family escape. Uh, the cleaner was sent by Molotov Cocktease, who was seen briefly in that outfit Kai showed us, before hightailing it away when the cocoon shows up. Um, so to bring everyone up to speed, Monarch has been interrogating Helper, which is the clip I showed on YouTube. It's a good one because it has Helper in it, who talks in his bibbidi bibbidi noise. And uh, Mrs. Monarch's there. Good times. Um, she good cops him into getting information. I like the scene because I like the two characters. Anyway, that's how Monarch has found where they are. Um, and at the same... to hack into their little watches. Yeah. I think they gave him his number at some point, like... Without really thinking, because the boys are dumb. Um, and at the same time, Brock is contacted by the OSI, General Trister, pre-Red Hulk, talks to him for a bit, and Brock says to both parties to meet him back at the Venture Compound at dawn, final showdown stuff. Mm. Right. So this is the big set piece, the big... Yeah. No? Yeah. The concept art, there you go. Very good. <laughs> That's good. the venture compound. This is the this is the big showdown to to finish off the season. The boys and Doc are put in the panic room. Monarch and OSI show up. Brock is in the surveillance room from what goes down must come up from last week. Um, the final note in the lead up is that Helper has been ribbed with explosives. Well, it was in the interrogation room. I think that's everything sorted. Uh, all right. So General Trister thinks Brock is with the Monarch in the cocoon. He thinks he's turned into a villain. Meanwhile, the Monarchs think that the OSI are protecting the Ventures. So the two factions pretty much go to war on the airstrip behind Venture Industries. Very brutal and fun. It takes like three Monarch henchmen to bring down an OSI agent. But, you know, they try their best. They're, they're a bit dud. So that's good. Um, while that's going on, we have henchmen 21 and 24 hiding in the Monarch mobile with chips and dip, waiting oh. for this all to blow over. Because, see, they're the smart ones, because they're meta, and they know not to go out there. <laughs> so we're just going to hide. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we also have Sergeant Hatred getting into the panic room, trying to get Doc to kill him. Um, we've got Monarch putting on some... It even has, like, a shitty action figure name. The Death Head Panoply. 
Oh. Panoply, I don't know what that word is. Another word I chose to not Google. Mm. Um, it's a super impractical bullshit costume based on the crummy Batman action figures we all had as kids. Can you you know the one I'm talking about, yeah. right? The gold one with the blue chest for some reason? It looks, no, it's just it looks had totally excessive like that. wings that would have yeah. no purpose. Redonkulous. Um Yeah, so things are going well for the Venture family as the numbers are cut down on both sides. But it's doomed to take a turn. That's right. Hank escapes the panic room. Um, he inspires hatred to join him in releasing the clones. The, the clone army, in case. You know. They look like Monarch Butterfly. That's what he's probably what it, yeah. There you go, Meg. Yeah. Uh, in the first like, actual episode, is, his origin that. story is his family died in a plane crash and he was raised by Monarch Butterflies. Oh. Um, and then once they migrated, he got a fat inheritance from his dead family and then he went to, like, school. Oh. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yep, so the boys have clones, but this is the episode where they're like, let's not have that bullshit fallback, kind of like how Rick and Morty will just, like, go to another universe when it's convenient, because they're lazy storytellers. So they're like, we've got to get rid of the clones, get them out of here. So, um, they're they're sent out to fight, to make matters worse. Helper gets out of the interrogation room, he's still rigged to blow, he finds the Monarch Mobile, and gets in in an attempt to save his family... Um, 21 gets out of the car, but for some reason, Henchman 24 was in his seatbelt in the parked car, and the seatbelt was stuck, and he takes off with the car and the robot. Meanwhile, Brock, who wouldn't risk the clones, comes out to surrender. Uh, Monarch makes his dumb entrance in his stupid costume, makes a group of himself, he gets dizzy because he can't move in it, he vomits and passes out. Yeah. Trister explains that Brock isn't under arrest. They saw that he was killing the assassins and thought something was horribly wrong. They didn't send them. Uh-oh. Oh. Twist. Yeah. I like the twist. I don't really remember it because I was blurring through it. Also an important fact, if you ever watch this show, after credit sequences, stop being jokes after season one and start being key plot points and reveals. Oh. So if you don't realize that, you miss a bunch of shit. All it the fucking should, time. It should just gets to a point and you're like, I am missing something. Fuck yeah, dude, you have no idea. Um, so, Trista suggests giving him a different assignment away from the family's adventures and he just straight up, like, quits. He's like, not only do I need a break from them, I need a break from the monarch and the OSI and all this bullshit. So he leaves. He leaves it all behind. Um, then the monarch mobile explodes killing the remainder of the clones and Henchman 21. Mm-hmm. That's right. Big death. Oh. Um, we don't know who detonated the bomb. The button was in the cocoon. The only people not present on the field, airfield were the Moppets, but it's very unclear. Left vague intentionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The final after credit sequence is Molotov cocktails. Again, important shit after the show's over. She successfully had Brock kill all the competitor, the competition assassins, and left her and her Blackhearts, which are her henchmen, atop the chain of hide killers. One of the members, one who set this whole goose chase up in the first place, Hunter fucking gathers. Now that he's a woman, he is in the femme fatale group. Good lord. Can't believe he would do that. My boy. There you go. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, baby? <laughs> <laughs> what What do you think, Meg? 
There is a lot going on. Yeah. It is much easier to watch than it is to have someone explain it to you. Mm. But I'm here to sell it. Did I do a good job? <laughs> Would you watch this show? Would you start from the start and not partway through season three? Possibly. Tis a fun time. Yeah. Tis a very fun time. It and is. if you're paying enough attention, you know how like when you see a reference or an Easter egg or foreshadowing, you clap your hands with joy? Because yes. you're like, ha 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 ha. The show is built primarily on that, mm. and then after a certain point, like season two, it starts to do that to itself. Oh. So all the payoffs and stuff you get are very exciting to watch. Huh. Cool. Hmm. I know there's a lot of characters, but it took me about 35 minutes of this to remember that the brothers and Doc exist because... They're not there's in so the... much going on that they're no, not I've... even there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, the show should be called Brock. I mean, because it seems this to se- only be about him. This season's very Brock and Monarch heavy. It's nothing Hardy to boys. do with the Venture Bros. Oh. They're just there. They're getting okay. a raging clue. It's purpose. Yeah, those guys. It's just a thing that joins them all together. Well, it's purposely named like the spin-off like to the Rusty Venture show. But then you get there and Rusty's like a washed up fucking drunk who technically peaked before school in his little boy adventurer days. <laughs> and now he's just kind of like living in this horrible shadow of his father. Just he doesn't really take pills much in this at a certain point anymore. No. But, you know, that kind of stuff. He's a he's a, a deadbeat and he's bad to his children. Oh. But the monarch wants to kick his ass. For vague reasons, because I'm not going to get a finale, probably. Cancel. Oh. Awesome. You Which, just make it up in your own head. Yeah, I'm just going to Google fan fictions. Yes. All right. Any final thoughts before we move on? I like cheese. I like cheese. I like cheese. Look what you did. I like cheese. You don't even watch Lord of Squad. You just did that. Another adult swim. Um, my homework for this week is this show would translate well into a comic book if it was done like super golden age and intentionally like cheesy. Breath in the bold. Yeah, if it had like a breath in the bold aftertaste, which would it would fit the weird, goofy adventure. Silver Age comic book universe that it takes place in. What is a thing you'd like to see um, translated into a comic book? Not necessarily an adaptation, maybe a spin-off, whatever you like. What would you like to see done? I had an answer, I wrote it down, it's gone. Mm. I don't think I actually wrote it. I'm glad it's another cancelled show. Oh, okay. Smallville did that. Agent Carter! You want an Agent Carter comic book? Yep. Yeah. Well, hopefully her What If issue did okay. That'd be cool. I, and her episode coming up. I, I have to show you what I made Toby buy me and Robin. I well, discussed okay. with Meg today. Yeah, we'll go through my shopping. I saw the Robocop. Um, hey, he's on fire. What's I discussed with Meg how, yeah. at the end, Steve goes back in time to enjoy his life with her. I'd like a little spin-off but show of that. Of earlier in the film, they, get up to. they discuss. Kaya okay, doesn't like want them it. to touch it. <laughs> She's afraid. I thought. Sorry, you go. <laughs> Earlier in the film, they discuss how when they go back in time, the present becomes their past because they're not changing the timeline. They anyway. Out in it. So he goes back to spend this new life with her. Yeah. He's already fucked her niece, <laughs> and that then gotcha, becomes bitch. his niece. He would have been there when Sharon was a baby. <gasps> he and thought Jack fried himself. Her. Is that exactly. what you want a comic about? No, but, but that's what happens in the film. What's the homework answer there? Everybody to know that. No, let's bring that up. 
Oh. Todd mentioned it. Hmm. I, I so you want an Agicado comic? Yeah. Okay. That's what, that's what we're basically getting out of this. What about you, Maggie? We talked about something like this like the other day, but I've forgotten what it was. Yeah, I, was yeah, I did that you too. There. You just probably didn't listen. <laughs> that's fine. I'm just going to say, like, Sam and Slim would make for some good monthly adventures. Freddy nope. Fish. Freddy Fish. Freddy Fazbear. Pop Pop. What? You just, you Freddy Freaker. Yeah. Freddy Freaker. Freddy Freaker, could have Freddy Freaker kills the Marvel Universe. <laughs> How do you get here? And then he just slaps you with his T-pose. Can't move his arms. He just swings his hips until he slaps you. In the knees. I'm presuming he's short. He can only slap you if you stand yeah. next to him and lower because he does that. Yeah, he's, he's got a karate chop. Yeah. So he's just going to, like, hit you on the top of the foot? Yeah. Unless, somebody, unless he has a friend who, like, spins him around like a top hat. This is a terrible comic. Not many things haven't got a comic book. Yeah, I know. Like, I want to say, like, Robocop and shit, but they've had, like, weird issues here and there. Um, Even Cool World had one. Right? I bought it for you. Yeah. The world sucks. It sure does. Mm. It sure does. Technically, Agent Carter has had comics, but not, she has like, not on the show. comic. Yeah. But they could pick up season three, because they're not going to do it. So they could be like, this is who shot him. Mm. But no, reaching on to what Trey said, I, there was a person that pointed out a very good point. I think it was on Pinterest. Yeah. Like, clearly that's not where the original post was from. But they were like, they completely, like negate all of Carter's story and just turn her into a love interest. And not they only that, things. they completely just even Sharon, they just go like, yeah, she doesn't exist now until yeah. we meet her in Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's, it's, like, it's not that her and Steve had a thing. They overwrite all of the things yeah. that happen with the Carter women yeah, two just so that women. they can like tie a pretty bow on shit. Yeah. But then it's the rules of film. We don't know what the fuck Hilary Duff was doing after Agent Cody Banks won, because she's not in two. There's not a single James Bond villain that ever hangs out, except for they the one die. that died. No, they just leave. However... They don't leave, he'll leave. He fucking go. go. You can't argue with my point, though, because there's a deleted scene from Civil War where they kind of crack a joke about how Steve's like a hundred-and-something-year-old virgin and Sharon, like, says no or something. Like, there's a deleted scene that confirms they've rooted... Nasty. But they do it in a subtle way for children. Nasty. Um, Nasty. Because I had to read a bunch of Constantines recently, I want more magic books. So, like, if Sam and Slim was got a replacement, got an adaptation, that'd be cool. Give me some monthly adventures. I just want to say someone throw a fireball at, like, a, I don't know, an evil cat, whatever. Sure. <laughs> Happy? Never. Alright. <laughs> you know what that means, everybody. Thank you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. I've been me. I've been joined by Mr. Cola. I've been joined by Megan Chikatilo. Thank you for tol- for just showing up for like, you know, roughly, you know, around the late 30s of a show you've never seen before. So that's good. Thank you, producer yes. Kyle. Hi. Right. Um, yep. Please, uh, come back next week. He's for, got a giraffe. For a topic. It's his little stuffed giraffe. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Shim. Mr. Ricci. He reached stuff with his big neck. Class dismissed. Thank you. Goodbye. You can do all this things with cool. his big neck. Yeah. I like this one. Well, that kind of sounds like a skeletal impression.
I'm playing um, Link's Awakening, like the cute Switch version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.